Welcome to the ACC Now podcast. This is episode 63 after a pretty tumultuous week of football and the first week of basketball. I'm News and Observer sports columnist Luke DeCock, joined by our writer at large, Andrew Carter, who was at the Wake Forest UNC game in, in my uh, stead on Saturday night. Uh, Andrew, did you survive the trip to Winston-Salem? I survived. It was nice getting back on the road with Robert Willett and reliving our old days, traveling the world to follow the heels of Tar, which we did together, of course, for many years. Robert has been at the paper like Chip, like the venerable Chip Alexander since before I was born. I think Chip has been there slightly longer, uh, but Robert, Robert has been there almost the same length of time, more than 40 years, and we had a nice drive out there and Stopped at Stamey's on the way, a good road trip stop on the way to Winston, had some barbecue, and, and then watched some pretty entertaining football, all things considered. The game did last forever, which I suppose is not a surprise, but pretty entertaining game, and uh, that Drake May is pretty good. Yes, people have noted. <laughs> Has anyone written that? Although I, I think there's an argument to be made, and that we should get into this later in the in this podcast because I think it's an interesting point, and it's one that Noah Taylor, the Tar Heels injured linebacker, made on Twitter, which is: uh, Is Josh Downs actually the best player on this team? But let's let's circle back to that. Uh, certainly nothing intriguing. Against Drake, intriguing. Nothing things. against Drake May there. I think it's hard to separate the two of them, but I think you could make the argument, and we'll discuss this later that Josh Downs is having as good a season at wide receiver as Drake May as a quarterback. And, and maybe, yes. you know, if you were to isolate their performances, maybe even better. But that's probably splitting hairs a little bit. I did want to start with a conversation you and I had sort of offline, um, which is where does Saturday rank and where does this fall <laughs> rank among the toughest years to be an NC State fan? Because you've got... <laughs> NC State losing at home to Boston College in a game they led by two touchdowns with arguably the best defense in the ACC. You've got Carolina beating Wake, getting the big win that the Tar Heels needed to sort of secure their this, uh, their resume or, or bolster their resume. You've got NC State coming off the worst basketball season in recent memory. And you've got NC State in a season that it expected, or I shouldn't say expected, thought it had a great chance to go to Charlotte and play for an ACC title, uh, the Tar Heels are going instead. Some of us, I'm going to raise my hand here, <laughs> some of us predicted that in August that the Tar Heels would be in the title game. I thought they'd be well, playing state. That's right. That and we would say. get a rematch uh, eight days after the Black Friday game. Uh, but, you know, you you pile all that together. Also, not to mention that the NC State had the preseason ACC Player of the Year quarterback, and it's a UNC quarterback from North Carolina Another May brother, Lord knows Luke May had his way with NC State at times in basketball, uh, who is going to be the ACC Player of the Year. How do you how do you sort through all that if you're a State fan, Andrew? It's sad. It's sad for Wolfpack Nation, I think, and and it's you know this is sort of I don't know the continuation of decades and decades of misery. You know, you mentioned the Devin Leary thing entering the year's preseason player of the year and all the hype and all that stuff feels like forever ago. I mean, it feels like a, a like a different lifetime ago in, in some respects, given, you know, you got hurt, of course. There's been so much attention on, the, you know, the school 20, minute, 20 minutes, 20 miles down the road at Carolina and what they've done and especially what Drake May has done. And, 
And yeah, in a lot of ways, UNC is kind of having the year that, that NC State thought that it was in a position to have. Now, of course, Carolina is doing it in a different way and, and with offense and, and, and May, and you mentioned Josh Downs, and they can score at will pretty much, and the defense is a huge, huge liability for Carolina, and that continues to be the case. So obviously contrasting styles and, and different, you know, differences in approach and all that thing. But yeah, I mean, State had high expectations. And even after Leary went down, you know, we can kind of nitpick and second guess, well, why didn't they play MJ Morris, you know, before uh, they officially started him, I guess, for the Virginia Tech game? Why didn't he start against Syracuse? Maybe they win that game. Um, but still, up until Saturday, you had a pretty you know, you had to pretty much like how Dave Doran and his staff had adjusted and responded to, you know, to losing your leader, losing Devin Leary. Leary had not particularly played all that well, I don't think. I don't think anyone would argue really otherwise. The offense was kind of sputtering even with him. Um, and Morris kind of, you know, he added this different dimension. He was almost more suited uh, you know, for the pieces that State has offensively than maybe Devin was with Morris's mobility and that kind of thing, adding a different dimension there. But, you know, Saturday, I think, really changes the whole tenor of the season. You know, you could you could make the argument, uh, you know, before that, let's say if they go nine and three, I got, you know, technically that's possible if they win their next two games. But, you know, all of a sudden you have to wonder if they're going to win any games left after they play on Saturday. But you go from kind of, you know, this pretty good season, not quite to where they hoped it would be, but but still pretty good, could still get 10 wins, could beat Carolina. Maybe they still can. But again, like the offense is such a mess. UNC can score so quickly. Uh, and that will, you have to wonder, can State keep up? Can State score enough points in that final game? And, and what version of NC State are we going to get now? Uh, you know, going to Louisville on the road. Pretty much, you know, everything that State, had in mind as a goal entering the year is gone. You know, they're not going to win the division. That went out the window a while ago. No ACC championship, 10 wins, not looking all that likely. Um, you know, you, you do have to credit Dave Doran coach teams over the years because I don't think the state really has showed a lot of give up or give in, you know, throughout his tenure there. But, but this is just sort of, again, you know, the continuation of just decades and decades of misery you know, having just not much to cheer for if you're a state fan. And and you're absolutely absolutely right in that the fact of, of what UNC is doing right down the road just kind of rubs salt in the wound for sure. Yeah, I think the thing about the BC game that stands out for me is when you look at this team season, NC State season, there were some narrow escapes. There's no question about that, whether it was East Carolina or Florida State or even Virginia Tech. I mean, you know, Virginia Tech is a terrible football team, and NC State, you know, they should have lost. Probably took a while to get in gear. Let's just put it that way. You know, you go down to Clemson and lose. That's that's fine. That's a tough game on the road. Uh, you go up to Syracuse and lose, especially without Devin Leary, like that's fine because Syracuse is never going to have a better football environment than they had for that game. That was a tough place to go play, whether you have De- Devin Leary or not on that day. Um, you know, and I look, look, the second guessing on should MJ Morris have played earlier, it, it, it takes time. It takes reps. I think you, you can say the same thing about state's receivers. They look a lot better now than they did against Clemson. That's what happens when you have time, you have reps, you have experience. So I, I don't second guess a lot of that with Dave Doran and his staff 
Um, you know, the really conservative play calling early that drove a lot of state fans insane, I think was probably dictated by the fact that they knew the receivers weren't very good. And by the time Morris had a full handle on the playbook and they felt comfortable turning things over to him from Jack Chambers, those receivers were capable of doing more. And we, we've seen that. So I, I, we'll never know the truth there, but I'm not, I'm inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt on that stuff. It's frustrating. I get, I get it. As frustrating as that was for state fans to sort of watch that, that offense operating at a less than relentless pace at times. But uh, that BC loss with your, with that defense, yeah, there's no excuse it's just, for, for losing it's, a 14 yeah. point lead. And, and look, yes, it came down to a dodgy pass interference call and, People are going to focus on that. But NC State never should have been in that position against Boston College. And that's, you know, you can't, as a head coach, rip the fans for leaving because you, <laughs> when your team is down, because you say, we never quit, we never give up, we're always going to come back. You need to have faith in us. And then come in a week, you know, a week later against a really poor two-win Boston College team with a, with a freshman quarterback. It's not like Phil Dracovich was starting. Uh, nope. and, and then blow a 14-point lead. I mean, that's what drives people to their cars at halftime as much as the ability to drink is. And, you know, you can complain about <laughs> pass-outs all you want. I mean, you and I both know that Carter Finley isn't exactly overflowing with amenities for fans. Um, it is you know, not. People are always going to go to their cars and, 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 and have a nip at halftime if they, you know. I will say and this, it's a lot easier to get a beer at Carter need, Finley than you. They need to get through the day. They're trying to get through the day here. That, you know, this has been... Uh, a group of people that hasn't had much to cheer for over the past 35 years. So if they want to go out and drink at the halftime, cut them some slack here. You know, that they're doing what they need to do to, to get through the day. Aren't we all? We're all day to day. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think by the same token, you can't be retweeting people who are complaining about NC State fans leaving the stadium and then blow a 14-point lead against Boston College at home under the lights. It just, it, you know, in an yeah, this... afternoon, af late afternoon game, it just... You, you can't do it. Like, if you're going to take that stand and you're going to throw that red meat, you got to back it up. And, uh, and yeah. you know, State state did not. I'm not, you know, not pointing the finger necessarily at Dave. That's a program-wide failure. But if you're going to decide that now is the time to revisit the pass-out issue or revisit people leaving, you better finish strong. And there are moments, too, I think, that we can all think back to coaches that have, you know, wound up being pushed out or, or, you know, leaving whatever where, you know, there's this turning point type moment where sometimes you lose your fan base and it's really tough to get them back after you lose your fan base. And I wonder, and again, like it hasn't been like a total disaster of a season for state. They're seven and three. That's fine. You know, winning record. They're going to play in a bowl game. They've managed. Okay. Uh, you know, despite losing their quarterback, but you know, I, I can't help but think this is kind of, you know, potentially a turning point moment for Dave Doran, for this program. Do we look back at this day, you know, a couple of days ago at Saturday, them losing that game, Carolina getting it done 100 miles down the road uh, at Wake Forest is kind of this, this moment where both these programs were kind of at a crossroads a little bit. UNC needed to go out there and, and, and win a game that, frankly, Carolina has lost that kind of game a lot over the years. And, and State needed to just kind of, you know, beat a bad team. Like that's all you have to do is just beat a bad team. And then you have these two important games and you have a lot to play for the rest of the way. And they couldn't get it done. And, and I wonder, can Dave Doran kind of get the fans back on his side after this? Because I, I just feel like a lot of folks have kind of jumped off the bandwagon. People are disappointed. This was supposed to be the year and it was senior night. 
there at Carter Finley, and I think they were honoring like thirty guys, yeah, or something. I don't, I don't know the exact of, number. A lot of fifth and sixth year seniors in that group. Yeah, like, so good like, players and and leaders, good, and guys who deserve right. better. And it's like looking at that roster next year, like they could be in for a very lean twenty twenty three. Like you know, it's probably not going to be a great season. Right, let's, let's put that game in the, the context that some people have, which is, is Dave Doran about to pull a Herb Sendek and get out while the getting's good? Um, if was he does, that, he can't. Was that, <laughs> Dave, guy. Was that her, his Herb Sendek ACC tournament moment? <laughs> Comparable. I think you could make the argument. I, mean, I think there are a lot of similarities. There are a lot of similarities overall, you know, I think between Herb and Dave. And, and Herb was kind of... Uh, an underappreciated guy. The fans didn't like him because he was dull and boring and played that Princeton offense. And, and yeah, you could say like, you know, he underachieved relative to what NC State's tradition was at that point. I mean, you know, at that point in the late nineties, early two thousands, you know, the eighties and seventies weren't all that much in the past compared to now. Now it's like ancient history, like 1983. That's almost 40 years ago. Um, but back then when Herb got there, that, uh, you know, his first year, I think it was 96, 97. Wasn't only that 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that long ago. They, they could, you know, they could kind of see that recent success and dreams of getting back there. Now it seems like it's never going to happen. Um, but I digress. I do think there are some similarities, just in styles and personalities and frustrations. And, you know, if you're Dave Doran, you know, you, you might take an opportunity that perhaps you wouldn't have taken. Uh, if things had gone a different direction this season, knowing that next season probably not going to be great. So if you have a chance to leave, you know, why not perhaps pursue that opportunity? He might have some opportunities he has in the past, uh, Tennessee allegedly. And, you know, it does seem like NC state too has basically given him an extension and a raise pretty much every year. I mean, they've invested in the guy. Uh, again, this was supposed to be the year, um, you know, so looking back, uh, or looking ahead, rather, at that roster, what he has coming back, who he's losing. You know, I think it would be a smart move if he has an opportunity. Maybe he pursues it. Maybe it's time for a fresh start for him. Maybe it's, maybe it's time for a fresh start for NC State. You know, 10 years anywhere, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good run uh, for a college football coach these days, given kind of the churn rate and the rate that these guys get fired or take other jobs. 10 years is a long time. And you know, again, it might be it might be time for both sides. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, I'll say this: you could do a lot worse than Dave Doran as your football coach, just as you could do a lot worse than Herb Sendick as your basketball coach. And NC State found that out right, right away. Um, yes, it, and that's the thing. Like it's almost like this dynamic of if you're a state fan, be careful what what you wish for. You know, if you're hoping for Dave to leave or, or for the school to fire him. They're not going to fire him, first of all. He's not on the hot seat. No, and, and, and like nor that. that be a rational no, consideration. No, no, for sure. But, you know, you hear these these crazy folks on Twitter, message boards, whatever. Um, you know, that's not even in the realm. But if he does leave, again, be careful what you wish for. Because, like you said, NC State uh, basketball supporters have found out, like, hey, you know what? Herb Sendick was not all that bad. Going to five NCAA tournaments in a row, not all that bad. Yeah, give Julius Hodge, Andrew Brackman. Yeah, they, they haven't had that. Marcus Melvin, not all that bad. Since. Yeah. Right, and Herb's been gone 15 years, I think. Maybe a little bit more. I think 07 was his last year. Um, 
so six, uh, you know, so again, be careful what you wish for if you're a state fan, because you might look back uh, with some fond memories uh, of old Dave, if you were to leave. Yeah. And like, like Herb, I mean, I think, you know, Herb's tenure when, when people really look back at it with a, a balanced eye, you know, the, the failure to get over the hump in those ACC tournaments where state had a chance, whether it was, you know, Oh four or whenever, um, you know, is really the thing that sticks out now that if he'd been able to win that title and get them, you know, back, you know, win that ACC yep. championship, that state's still looking for in bas- men's basketball and baseball and football. The it J.J. Be- Reddick game. Yeah, the J.J. I mean, there's so many, there's so many <laughs> examples, obviously. You know, I think last season, to a certain extent, you beat, you know, for, for, for Dave, you beat Clemson, you get over that hump. Um, and then, you know, the other losses that sent them to the Holiday Bowl instead of the Atlanta, instead of the ACC championship game. And then this season. You know the 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 inability to kind of capitalize on a veteran team with a experienced quarterback uh, for whatever reason. I don't I don't know that you can attribute that to coaching. I mean, Clemson was just a better team on that night, and at that point, every you know you're 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 swimming upstream. But it is I mean, in hindsight, yeah. And in hindsight, really, last year was was their moment. Talking oh, about yeah. NC State, yeah, with Clemson, you know, like we we didn't realize it at the time, but really, you know, you beat Wake Forest, you beat Miami. They were right there in both those games. Uh, then you're playing for the ACC championship. And they were right there. They had chances. The offense was actually good last year uh, with Amizi and, and Leary had more supporting pieces around him. So we thought it would be this year for State. But it turned out, I think, really last year was kind of their moment. For sure. I mean, I wrote that earlier this year. You never know when your moment. You never know until afterwards when it was your moment. And there's no question for State that that was the dynamic uh, a year ago. So at, at any rate, you know, look at, hey, we mentioned Miami doing something good in football. They only exist to screw up the ACC, in this case, screw up state <laughs> season, and then go back That's to being completely right. irrelevant. <laughs> Thanks, Miami. As usual. Thanks the for gift nothing, that keeps on giving, games. Miami. <laughs> Unwanted, unwept, unloved. They're going to be really good next year. Yeah, you and everybody else think so. They're good. I, I, hey, six I percent of the actually, time, but picking Miami to work the, to win the coastal works every time. I look forward to them being picked number one in, in the ACC preseason poll. Well, Carolina will be sell uh, short on Miami every chance you get. They're good. You know what? Next year is their year. I can feel it. Oh yeah, next year is here. They're like Cubs fans. Just wait till next year. I mean, the Cubs did win the World Series once. And Miami did win the Coastal Division <laughs> once, so there are some comparisons there. The difference being that Cubs fans are a lovable, fun bunch, and Miami fans are miserable. It's not, it is not the friendly confines down there. No. Well, and hey, look, I mean, I, in defense of Miami and its fans and its administration and its many football coaches and its many boosters who keep throwing money at the problem, a lot of their problems stem from not playing at the Orange Bowl anymore. I mean, Hartford, no, I completely it's a, agree. even renovated, it's a terrible state. That place is terrible. It's that place terrible. Is, and it's I used nowhere to cover near the campus. Dolphins. No, it's awful. It's surrounded by concrete. There's terrible. no personality to it. Like, I, it would literally depress me when I had to cover games there back in the day. Like, I had to pump myself up when I was covering the Dolphins years ago. Like, it was just like this. It was depressing. It's just I, depressing to go to a game there. It is. It's, it, it's surrounded by parking lots <laughs> and drainage ditches. And yet, every time a game's on TV there, ESPN loves to show the glamour shots of Miami Beach. Like, you are two hours in traffic from the South Beach Marriott. I know not even close. Not even close. All right. It's very, it's very sad. We've talked All too right. much about yeah. Miami. They're not worth that much breath from anyone. 
Um, let's let's pivot to Carolina. Let's take a brief moment here. They're not going to play for a division title. They they're not. They're going to go to a bowl game. They're not going to go to the Fenway Bowl because it's in the middle of exams. But let's take a brief moment here at this point, November, to acknowledge what Mike Elko has done at Duke, which really, you know, things really were good. so grim there the last couple of years under David Cutcliffe for the just you talk about change and a breath of fresh air. Um, just to come in with a new staff and new ideas and new coaches. And I guess there was talent there after all, because they've been great. I guess. Or is it just sort of like an indictment of the coastal <laughs> that like that Duke can suddenly rise from the ashes and be competitive and not like be more than competitive. Like they're good. Um, and I wrote my little, you know, weekend wrap thing up that published today, you know, like congrats to Duke. Like Duke showed, <laughs> showed you how it was done. When you play a bad team that you should beat, just go out there and do it. They did that the other day against Virginia tech, no drama in that and, and seven and three and, when I wrote this too, it's sort of, you know, same record as NC State, but just sort of what a different vibe, like two seven and three teams. Um, but one obviously is very disappointed and disheartened and people are just sort of uh, sad about it in terms of their fans. But Duke, seven and three at this point. I mean, no one would have believed that. They were picked dead last in that division. It felt like Elko was walking into a complete disaster, mess, rebuild of a job and I mean, he's had more success than, than anybody thought he would have this season. To me, he's the ACC Coach of the Year. I think. Uh, I think just, he will. I think he will be. Uh, interesting thought exercise. If Duke had played NC State schedule and NC State had played Duke schedule, I think the results would be different. But that's you play who's you play. That's true. It's a perfect pivot to UNC. You play who's in front of you. You and do. That's that's why Saturday's game for UNC going on the road. And beating us, a struggling Wake team, but still a very talented and experienced Wake team. Uh, huge step for the Tar Heels. That, that really the validation that they had lacked, beating up on a bunch of tomato cans and losing to the one good team they played at home. Uh, just a, a massive sort of validation, not just clinching the division, but getting sort of a marquee win that established that they can that they can beat good teams. Right, and that was the game I think that a lot of UNC fans had circled as sort of this. Uh, barometer check, but also a game that really worried Carolina fans. I mean, because again, like they really hadn't played a whole lot of good teams uh, in the coastal. That defense has been really spotty. Uh, the defense, though, by the way, continues to somehow find a way to come up with stops late in games. Like their stats continue to be awful. They're giving up a ton of yards still. They're giving up, uh, you know, their yard per, yards per play. Uh, average is really bad, but you know this is sort of like the Gene Chizik philosophy: this bend but don't break. Just keep just keep teams out of the end zone, and somehow they're doing that. You know they're giving up a lot, but somehow they're keeping teams out of the end zone, especially late. And Wake the other night had a lot of chances in the fourth quarter of that game to take the lead, to go down the field. All they needed was uh, a field goal to take the lead, and you know. Credit UNC, they came up with stop after stop uh, and got it done. And that's been the thing for this Carolina team all along, where you think if the defense can just be average, if the defense can just not be a complete disaster, then the Tar Heels can be a pretty good team because that offense is so good. I mean, Drake May is, is doing things that, that no quarterback at, you know, in, in any class, freshman or not, has ever done. 
in the ACC. He reminds me a lot of Philip Rivers back in the day, just in terms of his throwing ability and uh, you know the effortlessness in which he makes those deep passes. You know, like the ball just kind of zips out of his hand. You know, he looks like an NFL quarterback um, already, and that's just been the thing with UNC. Like, can their defense just be okay? Can their defense not lose some games? And, you know, they're doing that. They're getting just enough out of that defense, and here they are, 9-1. Uh, and one, uh, You know, should be 10-1 and one after a willful Georgia Tech team comes to town. And, you know, of course, that is going to be NC State Super Bowl, even more than it always is. I mean, that's pretty much the only thing State has left to play for. Um, but just in terms of matchups, again, I think you really have to like UNC's chances in that game. And then, you know, if Carolina and Clemson play tomorrow, I, you know, I might pick UNC. I absolutely uh, yeah. wouldn't pick UNC. I don't think Clemson yeah. is really that good. And, I don't, you know, know, I don't think State, that would be an upset. If State had gotten Clemson and Raleigh this year, I think State has a chance to win that game. I think a lot of the dynamics of that game had to do with it being a road game and, and momentum Agreed. and things like that. Yeah, it was a crazy environment. You know, Clemson fans were all fired up. And, you know, I think that was a, a tough situation for State to walk into. And, you know, I agree. Just sort of, you know, luck of the draw, bad luck for the Wolfpack again. But, uh, you know, in terms of Carolina and Clemson, that, you know, again, I just I don't think that would be an upset. If no. UNC were, were to win that game, UNC can score. They have the offense. Uh, and Clemson's offense is, is not all that good. I mean, you know, they've been trying to figure out the quarterback situation really uh, all year. You know, DJU at times has, has shown flashes of, of what everyone thought he was going to be, but has not been consistent. Um, and they've just been really missing something since Trevor Lawrence left. Obviously, that something is probably Trevor Lawrence, I would guess, right? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know... Uh, but but even even the talent thing, they they've just been missing. I don't know whether it's they, you yeah. Know, they, the, the, when you think about or just yeah, you know, I don't yeah. You know, I don't Will know Shipley that has been good, but I don't know if he's been sort of the dynamic. You know, the, you know, he's not like an ETN. He's not like a CJ Spiller. No, and the um, wide receivers, like I think Antonio Williams is going to be a really good player. Um, but he's not yet, and they just don't have the playmakers at wide receiver that they've had. Really, going back to Sammy Watkins, you know, throughout the Dabo era, they've had guys who can just who are just guys you have to double, guys that you can't, you know, that guys that you have to game plan against. I don't think there's any receiver in that group that you go into the game saying, you know, we can't let this guy beat us. Whereas, segue, you go into a game against Carolina, you better be prepared for Josh Downs. So this brings us full circle. Yep. Yes. Um, I do want to make one point before we move on to this question uh, about the Georgia Tech game, which is Carolina still has two chances to impress the CFP committee with wins. If they beat State, that's a good win, despite the status of State right now. That's still a good win. State's still a good yeah, team, same as Wake Forest. And obviously yes. beating Clemson will, will carry a lot of water, you know, as, as the Tar Heels try to sort of climb those rankings. I figure they'll be a about this podcast is being recorded on Monday. I figure they'll be about twelfth in the next ratings, um, CFP rankings. So they need some they'll SEC have teams. A, they'll have a shot. They need yeah. some help. They need a lot of help, obviously. Yeah. But, no, they need they need know, some help. They need the Pac twelve to flame out. They need TCU to lose, and they need the SEC to to some friendly fire in the SEC. But there is a path. Um, so you're saying there's a chance. There's a, according to FPI, there's a zero point two percent chance. But my point here is. They've got chances to move up with wins against Georgia Tech on Saturday. 
They've got to get some style points. A uh, 31-27 win over Georgia Tech is not going to do them any favors. No, they need, yeah, they need to win that game by, like, 50 points. Like, I, mean, they just, gotta, they, you know, I hate to say it. I feel bad for Georgia Tech and the, and, and Brent Key and the, the players there, but, but Carolina needs to run up the score in this one. So the question then is, the best way to run up the score is by throwing the ball to Josh Downs in any circumstance. Where do you <laughs> well, stand in the Drake May-Josh Downs conundrum can you separate their performances and say one is better than the other it's like some it's you know it's like some montana to rice type stuff going on between those two and they are kind of becoming like this uh this duo where you think of one and you can't help but think of the other uh and that's probably going to be how they're remembered may of course has you know one more year coming back next year sorry to the rest of the acc for that but you know, he'll be back in school for another go-around next year. Downs is probably gone, should be gone, you would think. He's going to be, I mean, should be, I would think, a first-round NFL draft pick. I don't know, maybe his size, they knock him for that a little bit. He's not the yeah. tallest guy. Yeah. but he's, Guys who make plays make plays. I think we He is that. so good. Like he, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like, I will say to your point about May coming back next year, we had the same conversation about Sam Howell. Came back, did not have a great year without some of his skill players, like a Josh Downs-type player. Um, it is interesting. We talked about this earlier. Sometimes your moment is there before you think it is. So, you know, right. I would, yeah. I would certainly, I, I, you know, yeah. say in the case of Drake May, you you would want to get the most out of him this year because you never know what the future will hold. Right. That said, and I ripped off your idea and, and broke that <laughs> in my imitation of Luke the other night when I was filling in for you. That was kind of the crux was like, this you know, is, you know, the time, the time is now. Creativity is as the man says. Because you never know. Like Phil Longo could get another job. Downs is not going to be around. Uh, you don't know like what the chemistry dynamic will be like. I mean, who knows? We all assume that UNC was going to be really good last year because they had a lot, a lot of guys coming back and Sam Howell and this and that. You know, it turned out to be a, a, a really disappointing, average kind of team. They didn't get along. You know, you could kind of see that and Mac. You know, Mac Brown even kind of alluded to that without directly saying it. You know, he said it not exactly in those words, but, you know, he said after the game the other night, like, this is a special group. Guys like each other. Um, you know, they get along. There's good chemistry. There's good mojo. And, you know, the way UNC has won this year, too, I think helps a lot with that because they keep on finding a way, and that inspires confidence. And, you know, if they get down, they – they believe they can come back and find a way and, you know, a really confident bunch. Um, but in terms of the debate, the downs may, you know, who's the best player on that team. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I'll say, I'll <laughs> the, say this. Downs say is this. certainly the best athlete. Yeah. I, I will say I, uh, Drake may is clearly going to be ACC player of the year. He's got a, a, he should go to New York for the Heisman ceremony. I don't, I mean, he's having as good a year as anybody. He may not be able to overcome the headwinds of not playing for Ohio State or, or Alabama or whatever. Not uh, yeah. Um, but that, I, that would be disappointing. Yeah. No, I mean, it, 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 we'll see. I mean, he certainly got a chance to, to, to have the, the best Heisman showing of a player from North Carolina, uh, since Bryce since. Love and, uh, Heath Schuler before that. Um, you know, play, and that, from a North Carolina school, like yeah. college, since since Choo Choo, since Choo Choo, sure. Um, I, I actually, yeah. you know, he's Philip had a, had one good year in the Heisman voting, so he's got. Some, he was seventh, so yeah, I, I so, did look this up the other day. So uh, he's got, and I looked it up yeah. when Bryce Love was 
um, in terms of natives when Bryce Love was was a finalist. So you know there is some stuff. There are some 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 benchmarks, but the the bar is low to be sure. Um, the state has not been great in the Heisman department um, no. for a long time, and and there's a chance here both from in terms of playing in North Carolina and being from North Carolina uh, to 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 make some noise. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, at any rate, I just I, I don't know the answer on the Josh Downs Drake May question. I do know I feel slightly personally invested because I was one of very few people to vote for Josh Downs as the preseason ACC Player of the Year. And, uh, okay, well uh, now the we, truth comes out. Now yeah, we, we all want a little vindication at the end. But, now we see uh, the motivation. Behind take this take nothing away from Drake May. I mean, I I he's he's the Player of the Year. There's no question. But I just think it's interesting that you know Noah Taylor and I had a couple. UNC people uh, at the pit game come up and tell me that, you know, you know what you said, because I'd, I'd asked some people, like, are we sure that Josh Downs isn't the best player on this team? And one of them who's seen a lot of North Carolina football came up and said, I, you know, I got to admit, I think you're right. I think Josh Downs may be the best player on this team. But And, and um, speaking of NC State misery, too, this came up uh, the other night after the game because, you know, Josh came out and was talking with us. And, you know, he was talking about how, you know, he – basically decided to go to UNC when Mac Brown came back. Yeah. Uh, and that was like the moment and CL's written about this uh, a little bit, but Downs kind of told the story again, that if Mac Brown had not come back to Carolina, Downs was going to go play at NC state. Just stab it, stab it. <laughs> one more, one more knife in the back. Yeah. <laughs> so you think about like how that could have changed uh, the dynamic for that program. Do you think like, an NC State quarterback could have used a really good receiver this year. Does it seem like maybe that's the one thing State has been missing as a Josh Downs like player? I mean, uh, and you, oh, by the way, he, he would have been there if not for Matt coming back. So, I mean, you look <laughs> at the Miami game last year and the, the the critical drops in that game. If Josh Downs is in a Wolfpack uniform instead of some of the other guys, that's probably yeah. a win for State. Yes, uh, the Clemson game this year probably a win for State. Um, I'm not oh, sure it would have yeah. come from going somewhere other than the Holiday Bowl last year, um, and and obviously they they claimed victory there regardless with or without Josh Downs. But uh, you know this year for sure, like I and and who knows? Like once Devin Leary gets hurt, I think you kind of got to pump the brakes on the state season and just kind of see what they can do. And that's why the that's why the BC loss was such a killer. It's you know you may not be able to win at Syracuse, you you may not be able to to beat Carolina without Devin Leary, but you. You sure as shit should be able to beat Boston College with you or me at quarterback, and I think that's the yes, that's the part that really stings. So, at any rate, Andrew, thank you for your time. Enjoyed your your Monday morning quarterback as always, and um, thank you, Luke. you know, I, I, you will I be, I will you. be out of the country for the ACC championship game, so you'll get another chance to to yes. uh, to fill my uh, not so considerable shoes in Charlotte for the ACC championship game. Another. Carolina game should, against Clemson. Well, I look forward to that. I, I look forward to trying to uphold the legacy and step into your considerable shoes. We should say hi to our readers. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, Alan, thank you for listening. On that note, this is the ACC Now <laughs> Podcast, and we will talk to you next week.